0: Ahoy there, legendary listener. Welcome to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. My name is Lauren Quellhurst, and this podcast journeys into the world of people from all walks of life. And through the power of communication, I aim to shine light on topics that will ultimately add value. It's designed to inspire, ignite, and uplift the speaker and listener through exposing the beauty that exists within the raw and the real. It's a wherever, whenever kind of podcast where you can find an episode to match your mood, the weather or the company. If you or someone you know has a story that will add value, please get in touch and we'll aim to get them onto the podcast. So get ready for the value to come Get set with your favorite tea or coffee for the run and let's go. Let's dive deep, shine some light and have some fun. And so the halo effect begins. So introducing here the beautiful Denise Davis Gaines and we've just been briefly speaking about how her yoga journey and really, life journey, I guess, in a way, began in the year of 1993, which is a special year because that's when I was born. So that just goes to show what a beautiful connection was made. And um, and I think it's also the year that, you know, my, one of my favourite albums came out with Alanis Morissette. So it was a good all-round year, I think.
1: <laughs> I remember um, the album.
0: Yes, yeah, just like a pill, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, not just like a pill, that's friends- like a, um, I think that's a, a mixing like Pink and Alanis. Yeah, Alanis, I,
1: her album was a real,
0: it, I, I
1: was friends with the choreographer. Dragon from, Little Pill, sorry, I remembered it. Yeah. yeah, I was friends with the choreographer, Clarence uh, Ford, a friend of mine, actually was a choreographer for the video. For that I, for one of the videos for that album and that's how i think that's how i got introduced to her in the first place like i you know kind of heard her on the radio but i wasn't really paying too much attention and i was at a dance <laughs> class at, uh, with clarence and we're chatting after class and he was talking about yeah i did that video i'm like and i worked for city wow. tv and much music back then and it's like kind of like mtv it was much music is kind of like mtv and uh And so it was interesting. I think she was in the station a couple of times that year as well. This already just
0: sums you up. I feel like I don't even need to tell a story about this beautiful (laughs) soul. It just goes to show just how many interests and talents you have. And while your background is in um, health and yoga, I think it's all inclusive. And we share a very similar view with it being a holistic approach of like it's not just a yoga pose it's not just a meditation it's the way that we eat it's the way that we think the way that we speak um the way that you interact with your kids as well like what we were just saying of surrendering and them being the teachers in your life so I would I would love for you to just speak about your the story of who Denise is and how you came into you and whether you've always been this beautiful and grounded or whether that's kind of been you had that catalyst moment where it was like my life needs to change or whether it's just kind of ebbed and flowed and felt really natural the whole time
1: oh I think I think like a lot of people thank you Lauren you're you're incredibly generous right it's it these conversations are so important I think that that having these conversations allows us all to connect in ways that we couldn't before this format was available, right? And I want to say, like, I think that as a teenager, I was full of angst like everybody else, and I'd come from a pretty abusive background. And by the time I was 17, 18 years old, I started to get introduced to meditation and mindfulness, we didn't call it that back then, but my psych professor was introducing us to not only meditation, but psychedelics and all kinds of other interesting things. And I recognized that I was angry and I didn't know why. I really honestly didn't know why I was so angry all the time. And I was consciously looking for ways to not feel angry. And I probably was about 19 when I met this really great guy, Steve, and there was this awesome one night stand. <laughs> and Steve gave me this book called Be Here, Be Now by Ram Das. And I read that book and I didn't know it in that moment that it would be the, the corner that I turned that influenced my whole life. And so I'm pretty sure that it's the book that inspired me to become a vegetarian. I knew I was angry and I didn't understand it all. And he, and Ram Dass talked about adrenaline. And I thought, I've got enough adrenaline for a football team. I probably could use a little less adrenaline in my life. If not eating red meat means that I have less adrenaline, maybe that's one of the keys. So yeah. I started eating vegetarian and it was easy. I don't know if I had the right blood type or the right attitude or i I don't know why it was easy lots of people find it hard but i didn't find it hard and i wasn't doing it like for great smart altruistic reasons i was like maybe i'll be less angry if i eat a vegetarian diet right simple and i thought okay and you know what it just felt good it felt clean and i was my hobby was kind of fitness at the time and i started getting fitness certificates while i was getting an undergrad degree in philosophy and then i did a degree in fashion. And then I was working, you know, in the television industry and did a whole lot of things, but I was also teaching at fitness centers in Toronto and I probably taught 15, 20 hours a week of of aerobics. I worked full-time for a television station. I designed and manufactured a line of ladies clothing and I was busy and exhausted. And I went to this really cool doctor, Dr. Rona, and he, I connected with him through someone else put me on vitamin therapy and it started to sort out a lot of other things in my life. And I went, I had more energy than I, than most three people that I knew. And I get up in the morning, go teach fitness, go to work, go to my, my showroom down the road and get my staff organized, come back, do my job, go out, teach fitness after, go like design shit at night. Right. And it was kind of this, really I, it was fun then I got pregnant 1992 mm-hmm. around the same time your mom would have been yes. 93 it all came to a excuse me can I say fucking stop it all came to like this heartily fault it was like how do you even get a shower let alone you know have three big things going on and I recognized I didn't want to work for the man and that was leaving the station and I loved teaching fitness and I had just met the woman who had become my yoga teacher and I went and did my yoga teacher training and I haven't looked back since Lauren it's just been. I taught at Laurier uh, Wilford Laurier University here in Canada is a pretty big university it's like you know top 10 university in Canada, I, they were invited me to teach there as an expert in my field in yoga and in physical fitness and group exercise and yoga therapy. And that started in 99 and I opened a yoga studio in 99 and done all, it's, like, it's just been this like crazy, interesting and challenging, you know, I, gets, I got divorced in 2002. My, my ex-husband became violent and it was, but I feel fairly certain from a violent childhood you know, not doing all the work, stepped right into the relationship that would turn violent, probably because I was attracted to the same energy. And so if I had anything to say to anyone else who's going through that out there, is to do the work, go and talk. You know, it's talking to people and doing your work and recognizing that you're worthy of great love, right? And it's that process that helped me to be brave enough to walk out with my three kids and be a single mom for the last since 2005, I guess. Yeah, 2005, and now they're all wonderful adult humans. I have one grandbaby, and I'm married to a wonderful man who has five grandkids. And I'm, well, not we're not married; we live together. And you know, if I hadn't been willing to give up ordinary and tough. I wouldn't be living this incredibly beautiful life we sail it's my another passion of mine i'm a sailor you mentioned that you live in uh, sacred harbor harbor. Secret harbor. i was like oh my like dilly bobbers went <laughs> off going secret <laughs> harbor That sounds amazing we love the water love being in it on it over it at, you know just water is my saving grace too so yeah like here we are my oldest is 27 he just dropped he just dropped his first pop song, Lauren. You're gonna to have to check him out. I Connor am because I
0: write music as well. This keeps coming up, and I feel like you are my soul mom. I feel like your son or your girl or something. We probably have oh. the same birthday. Are they Gemini's by any chance?
1: <laughs> no, but my my youngest is uh is my my brother is a Gemini, uh-huh. and. My oldest is Cancer, the same as me. My daughter is a Leo.
0: And my uh-huh. youngest is a Pisces.
1: And my love is a Pisces. But mm. here's a funny story. Maybe this, you'll get this too. I had a birthday party one time at my yoga studio in Cambridge. And I invited everyone that I knew that was a Scorpio. 35 people showed up. Of 35 Scorpios. I wonder what I did in another life, right? To like have Whoa. 35 Scorpios in my my mother, my father, my grandfather, my ex-husband, an ex-boyfriend, and I, at least seven of my closest friends, and probably five of the yoga teachers who've done training with me, who've stayed with me for like 5, 7, 10, 15 years, they're all freaking Scorpios. So cancer is good with Scorpios, you know, we're kind of cool with the intensity of a Scorpio, but Wow. Yeah Gemini I love my brother and I are like like this Gemini encounter or like just we are we come to our souls have come together to do this work right it's easy it's easy. how Gemini. and like
0: how we've come together obviously like immediately when we jumped on the chat to say hey to each other it was it was an instant knowing. I'm like, oh, this girl, it's been a little while since we've had a chat, but how are you, Denise? It's just like, I don't even feel like calling you Denise feels right. I feel like I just want to give you a big hug and call your mum. Like it's that sort of soul mama feeling. And it's Absolutely. such a, yeah, it's such a beautiful gift. And um, it's. I think it's because you've put in the work, it's the trait that you admit like I'm sure that I'm not the only person that has said that to you I'm sure you get many of your kids friends that that call you mom and that you just I'm sure walking into your house you've got a beautiful vegetarian mama dish cooking or you just want to nurture and that's the water element and like I the same as you like i guess when i'm visiting you in toronto or you're coming here in australia we are going to be on the water because that's my place where i feel most grounded it's a place where i feel is my yoga like i feel like that's when i go into a state of oneness and i'm literally not thinking like about any of the cares in the world because it feels like something shifts inside of me where it's like it's all just Right, right. I, I can't explain it.
1: <laughs> you
0: don't have to. I
1: know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. We've just come through winter here and wow. we're getting the boat ready to go in the water and the pool cover's coming off any day because we've had an early spring and that's between the hot tub and the pool and Lake Erie is just down the road and the boat goes on Lake Erie. And the winter, we, in the past, we didn't get to this year, but we take my little boat... To the Florida Keys, and um, it's definitely one of our bucket list things to do the to do the circumnavigation. So okay. we thought we'll we'll do the trip between Lake Erie and the Bahamas first, and just see how it is motoring and sailing, as we're sailors as opposed to motorers. We really love to be under the power of the wind and the water,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: if we if we do well with that and everything goes well it might be the following year we might head your way go find out where sacred harbour is anyway right oh, did man. you just
0: say sacred harbour
1: that's what you isn't that what you it's you...
0: secret harbour but i am gonna call it sacred that is so beautiful i'm sure for the some of the people <laughs> or of... <laughs> yeah. that is well, like secret a double harbor meeting, meeting.
1: Yeah, that's gorgeous. I can't wait to see where it is. I'm gonna look it up as yeah. soon as we get online line together. And so, how did you get interested in yoga?
0: So I was around the same age as you, and I reckon it was, you know, it's the whole planting the seed thing. Um, you've turned the questions on me, but that's that's cool because I think it's nice when that comes unexpected. Of like, I think I was around 18 or 19 and um had a really good upbringing like loving family love my sister and and my brother and and all of that kind of stuff and um and my brother was someone who was always i guess he's got a background in like addiction and was the trouble child and he was a child that mum gave the most attention to in a way. So being, I was the youngest, I still am the youngest child, (laughs) nothing's changed. Um, I felt like I was so connected to, and still am really connected to my mama. And I just wanted to make sure that she was okay. And I would like take on the responsibility of what she would do. And so there was a point where I got super unwell, like mentally, and then it turned into like a physical control my food obsession and then I lost a whole heap of weight and I was I was really quite in a dark place and it was like you know that transition of leaving school where I was I had that significant aspect that wasn't getting met anymore because I wasn't getting the attention at uni like lecturers don't tell you that you're doing good and it was like oh shit like I don't know how to healthily love myself or give myself attention so that I'm not craving it externally um and so then my cousin got me into yoga she said why don't you just come to one of the hot yogas with me and and so I started going to those and my body just felt amazing in an amazing way that not when I was obsessing over food or obsessing over skipping for like an hour Um, it was like my body could equally get this movement. But when I'd go into Shavasana, it was like, oh, finally you get rest. Like you're allowed to have rest, right? Um, Which is something that has never been, I've never watched people around me um, indulge in rest. Like I think in my head it was like rest is laziness. So I never let myself, rest and so I started from a very physical aspect and then as I progressed and became a paramedic as we were talking about I had that as a way to balance me um out outside of my shift and then like um and then it turned into oh yoga's not just movement I don't know when that moment was but I think it was a think it's just been like a gradual progression like it is for a lot of people like you think you might be doing it for one reason but the seed was planted very very long ago and I yeah I think I would consider myself that I've always been like an old soul or a little spiritual being that might not have known quite what it all meant when I actually first entered the the physical yoga realm if that makes sense absolutely
1: absolutely yeah. yeah. One of the things we teach in teacher training is that it doesn't matter what you come through the takeout for window for, you get the fries. Yes, it's, <laughs> yes. I want the fries. They, you want fries with that. And they're like, no, 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 yes. I'm glad You come out and you get, oh, i got the fries, <laughs> right? So whether you come in because it's a way to control your appetite or whether it's a way to control your mind or whether it's for stress or no matter what reason you arrive it's like this synergistic thing that just starts Mm. to I you know permeate everything so thank you for telling me like it's beautiful it's beautiful that it's been I it never it never gets old for me to hear people's journey right
0: and that's the whole like it's cool because that's the whole reason for this podcast, like we were saying, it's like, why am I doing this? It's like to hear the beautiful message behind the beautiful soul. And, um, and like we were saying as well, this isn't over. Like now it's not, Oh, I did my yoga training and I'm, I'm finished, which is how I've previously thought about so many things in my life um, of like, I'll do that course and I'll get that done and um and I'm I'm always thinking of like how can I get this done quicker and how many more things can I fit in and I you know I I put that down to being a gemini partly but um my gorgeous best friend asked me he said so what next when you complete that and it just kind of was like oh shit <laughs> I don't know this right. yeah and so it's like That's what I love about you and what we were saying is that you get more excited the more that you don't know because the more that you start to learn, you go, oh, that's like a mic drop moment or a, oh, I never understood it that way until now and and now it makes me look to this book or to this podcast or to reach out to this person. So I'd be curious to know from that rumdust book, who your teachers Mm. became like physically or on a book level and who they are now. Cause um, yeah, speak to that. So,
1: so so many things have happened since that book. The, what I realized that Ram Das had been with me for a long time already. The night that I read that book when I was 19, the night that my grandfather died when I was 15, Neem Krala sat on the end of my bed, but I didn't know who he was then. Wow. And I sat up and talked to him about my grandfather. He looked a lot like my grandfather. So at first I thought it was my grandfather's ghost wrapped in a sheet. I was like, why, puppy? why are you in a sheet? And he just sat with me and held my hand.
0: Oh. And I was like,
1: This is weird. At first, I thought I was dreaming. And then I, I, I I was sitting there going like this is, it felt so real, Lauren. And he didn't use words to talk to me. It's like I could hear his voice in my head. And I really thought it was my pop. I thought it was my poppy, you know, like it was my poppy coming to say goodbye. And I thought that he looked different because of being in hospital and other things and when i read be here be now and i saw a name called lavada's picture i was like i recognized him and i recognized that he'd been with me for as long as i could remember as there was like i said i came from a pretty abusive uh, upbringing and probably you know died and left my body more than once as a child yeah. and uh and went through some pretty traumatic things. And there was always the sense of this person with me that I talked to even as a child. And when I read uh, Ram Dass' book, Be Here, Be Now, I recognized, I immediately recognized Nirmala Bhavadas as my teacher and Mm. just, just accepted it and didn't really understand how important that was. But then I would, Get involved. I got involved with transcendental meditation and the the that particular Maharishi and you know the Beatles Maharishi and um, then I got involved with um, Sri Chamoy, who was a really cool another Indian teacher who came from India to the West and he at the time he wasn't involved with it but he eventually got involved with ultra marathons and that sort of thing and running was one of the ways I've always managed how I felt as well like. If I can run hard enough and long enough, it can melt down anything that's going on inside me. And so I really resonated with Sri Chamoy's teaching about world peace. And I learned about the, the chakras and all kinds of interesting things. Like he led a, med- a meditation at the Metro Convention Center. There was 2000 people there in 1982. And my brother, I, you know, my brother had come to visit me. And I made my, you know, like teenage brother go to this. A crazy kind of hippie, hippie meditation sit-in for world peace thing and and then from there I guess I, my movement teachers were dance teachers in the beginning and I, and it just kind of like my meditation and movement were you know on a course to collide and the teacher that I had in Toronto, Susie Diaz, was trained um, in Kripalu yoga. She'd been to India and she had degrees in dance and um, had done a lot of work in Feldenkrais and Alexander Technique. And so we were teaching in the same circles and I was subbing for her. She was subbing for me and she said, why don't you come to my yoga class? I'm like, yeah, okay. And I went to her yoga class. and I was like, I'm in this. <laughs> this is how my body's meant to move. And yeah. so I did training with her. And then I did intensives and like for eight years, I went wide. Mm-hmm. And I did intensives in every style of yoga I could get access to. I'd had Connor while I was doing that first training. And I worked with, let's see, Richard Freeman, who's an Ashtanga yoga teacher. Yes. Right. Early days with him. Lillias Sfolin, like the cable TV yoga teacher from the 70s and 80s. I grew up with her, you know, like seven o'clock in the morning eating my Cheerios you know, doing yoga with Lilius on the TV and I went to an intensive with her and she's like, when you say that mama energy, she had that same mama energy for me when I was like, I guess I would have been about 30, 31 around that time. And then I worked with Anna Forrest and Diane. Australia.
0: From she's an
1: interesting character.
0: She's really interesting. And I love that she's got the native American background, but anyway, keep going
1: yeah well and speaking of that I do have native heritage on both sides of my family as well
0: I have Uh, it on one I think we are I feel like we're connected it's
1: yeah right absolutely (laughs) and I get that yeah and uh, I think that so after about eight years I had was having children so I had Connor 93, live in 95, oh, and not till 2000, but from 93 to 2000, I was getting the Kripalu catalog and I would circle programs and go, one day I'm going to go to this program. And, oh, oh, you know, it was like, it was like the Sears wish book or something like the Kripalu catalog for the programs. I was just so excited that one day I would get there and then. 2002 I finished nursing Owen and I said to my family I'm going on a retreat I'm going to to Kripalu. I'm going for continuing education that was my like like legitimized legitimization of like having to leave my young family for I think I was going for four days the first time you know like a day to get there you know two or three days there and a day to get back and I didn't want to leave my family and I wanted to leave them. And I was so glad when I left them and then I missed them as soon as I left, but I got to Kripalu and I worked with that, that time with uh Yogan Michael Carroll, who Pranakriya, he was the director of, of education and teacher training for Kripalu for a long time. And he turned me on to so many things that I even hadn't even come near at that point. Mm-hmm. And then um And then I did the Interquest Intensive with a Rooney a year, like six months or a year later. And they asked me to come back here. So then for 16 years, I spent three to five weeks a year at Kripalu and either volunteered, facilitated, staff managed and production managed that Interquestion program. Then a few other people asked me to help with programs and asked me to facilitate in programs. And then at the same time, There were other things going on, and I I was digging a deeper well in Ashtanga and studying with some of the senior Ashtanga teachers, and I guess after about, so there was eight years of going wide, eight years of going deep into Kripalu and Ashtanga, and I realized that what keeps me coming back to my mat, Lauren, is the practice of Ashtanga yoga, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and yes, I'm heartbroken because of what's happened with all that, and what kept people coming to my classes was Kripalu yoga. It's because of how I understood the body and the therapeutic nature of the way we approached yoga and all that time that's evolving. I'm doing somatics with Eleanor, Chris Hannah, and um, embodied yoga and all of these other things are kind of layering into all of that. And I started teaching at Wilfrid Laurier and and Ken, and I opened a yoga studio and I got divorced and I started teaching at Conestoga and I taught, like I said, vocational fitness. Mm-hmm. And so, I went from you know being a stay-at-home mom with a stay-at-home kind of a business that I could run around my kids to having three kids and being a single parent and trying to study yoga and teach yoga and, and juggle it all. But I think that it's yoga that made it easy. You know, it's the practice of yoga. The fact that I get up before my kids get up and I do my practice, and it gave me the wherewithal to be able to manage all of that, you know? And, uh, and facilitate space for my kids to be who they needed to be in their lives. And, uh, and when, uh, when COVID hit, when the pandemic hit last year, we already had the plan to go digital. We mm. were working on it already. We were creating video content and realized how bad we were at it really we awful. all at the beginning it like what? <laughs> it was terrible well, go, okay so that was really awful okay and people think it's okay so all we can do is go up
0: from here right send right? me that footage immediately
1: <laughs> right? it's terrible. it's just really terrible and then and we you know like we tried some facebook stuff and it was horrible and then we, i discovered filters on zoom like doesn't my uh-huh. skin look perfect right you i reckon it's- you do have beautiful skin though but Part of it, it's a filter. It's a filter, definitely a filter on Zoom. Just, just saying that it's. Uh,
0: She's beautiful, hands- guys. If you're listening or watching, if you're watching, you'll just know. But if you're listening, just have you have like almost like that Italian vibe. Like I don't know, you've got some sort of like Greeky. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm not using my words to my justice at the moment. But basically, what I not steering away from this filter situation because the the camera situation is just bizarre I don't know how I feel about it I'm just like whatever we are who we are when I look at you you're beautiful when you look at me I'm sure you see somebody different than who I see myself as of like what am I looking at absolutely
1: beautiful yeah um you
0: look like you could be one of my kids absolutely I I feel like one of your kids it's so weird like even just your your progress in life I'm like you sound like like my mama in so many ways and I, I'm adopting you as my mama and um absolutely <laughs> but like what I actually heard from you speaking there is that you've got such a vast toolkit and that's what I that's how I see yoga is like one one part of the toolkit that we use as a way to navigate through life and Another part of that was you discovering all of these teachers, which you still, like, you use them as resources. But mm-hmm. I'm sure we have a very similar viewpoint that in our lifetime that we're finding these teachers to come back to our, our own inner teacher. And, you know, if we are always looking and, and comparing ourselves to maybe what they have um, or how they are. And it's like, oh, I want to be like them. I'm never going to be like that. It's like, you're missing the point of like aspire to have the qualities that they have, but also remember that you have a message to share here too. And it sounds like you've come to a point where you're acknowledging that you don't, you don't need to do any more courses. Like everything that you have is within you, but you're just like, no, but, But what if I wanted to? Like, what if I wanted to do that training and go, oh, yeah, of course, I remember how to do that. And I feel like doing courses for me is like, it's a way of, oh, that's right. I remember I did that. And it's like, because I believe in past lives and I'm aware that not everybody does. But I, I honestly feel that when I meet someone or I do a course or get a certificate, I'm like, I was only doing that to remember that I've done it before. It's so bizarre. It's a true story, though. You're absolutely right. And every now and then
1: a teacher comes along, Lauren, where it feels like when you're just hanging out with them, Mm. it feels like your consciousness is expanding, just being in the same room, right? Totally. When those teachers come along, it's, I don't know if it's a remembering, if it's, they're the same soul group. I don't even know. I don't feel like I need to put a name on it. I just sit. Uh, that, that sitting in it and going, okay, yeah, we're on this journey together, thank you. So grateful. And I, what the person who's coming to mind the most is, as I was talking about him a lot today, is Thomas Ashley Friend. His spiritual name was Namadeva, and he was my Sanskrit mantra teacher, and he's the teacher that just opened the door to my voice in a way that I didn't even know was possible and I didn't realize how much I hid my voice before I met him. And Sanskrit mantra freed my voice in a way that, I, I, I don't even have the words to tell you. It just, I I've chant now in front of hundreds and thousands of people without even thinking about what I sound like. It's just my heart coming out through my voice and that devotion coming out through my voice. and and it's i can hear his voice and his teachers and his teachers and they're all just coming through to the people who need to hear it and and i can feel it resonating and it's, so it's when teachers like that come along that you realize that uh there'll always be teachers for us and there'll always be people to share that with if we choose to if we're listening and paying attention our teachers are, are trying to find us. Girl, you've
0: just I, right?
1: spoken
0: to what I was going to say, and I forgot until you said it in that moment of when you were saying you thought it was your, your grandpa on the end of the bed and it was rumdas And it's like, you said I wasn't communicating with words but it's like you are communicating on a level and this is like that energy that you get. Like, I get that from you right now. I get it from other people and you know, it's amazing that the energy can even come through from a computer screen, which I think a lot of people were resisting. You can feel that somebody's energy. And I think that speaks to mantra of the highest form. Like people say, speaking mantra you know get it into your physiology all of that kind of stuff and I'm all for it I like love using my voice I love hearing and singing mantra songs in general but I think when it becomes a conversation that is silent that is forever playing and you can hear the melody that is like the undertone of love or the universe or peace or groundedness whatever it means to you I think that's when like you know you've reached a different level and I don't want to say high or low it's just different it's um and I think that that shows to me that you were connected to mantra from a much younger age than you probably were aware of at the time mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm not a singer. I have three musical kids and I, I sing, you know, lullabies to them as kids because I didn't care what I sounded like. But like in church, I'd hide my voice underneath other people's voices or I'd try to hear someone who could hear it in the same way. Like, mm. I just didn't have that ability to hear music the same way. But like mantra seems to use a different part of my brain than, than pure music or songs and lyrics. They don't, like. I can remember a long freight train mantras. No problem, This I can hear Mahadev's voice and I can repeat them exactly as he taught them to me. And yet I, I've heard the Beatles songs my whole life and I definitely could not repeat a, all the words to any one Beatles song. And they're not that complicated. I choose that because it's not complicated but it's just whatever part of my brain that sits in doesn't seem to remember it, but mantras, it's like they were there.
0: And he so just for like unveiled for people who are who might be hearing or watching and going, like, what is mantra? It's that weird chanting thing. Um, mantras just like Sanskrit words put in a form for a particular message, whether it's for healing or whether it's, you know, a certain um. Yeah, just a certain message that it's trying to put out there, whether it's to be inspired or to heal or um, to resolve grief or to clear the illusions. And what they often speak about in the yogic terms is that when we when when we pronounce or speak a mantra in Sanskrit, it actually speaks to the essence of the word. So <clears throat> I can look at you know, the window behind you and call that a window. But if we'd all called it a bird, like 20 years ago, we'd all call it a bird. Um, so it's like, but what mantra does is that the meaning of that um, pronunciation or the sound, that doesn't change. Like, I don't know if you want to give that any more grace. It's making sense in my head, but I don't know if I'm doing a disservice by complicating it. Not at all, you know, and
1: it's important to speak so that you resolve your own understanding of it,
0: right? Yes.
1: And that's, that's important. As you speak your words, you start to find your understanding of it by sharing our words. And mantra is part of Nadi yoga, the yoga of sound. And mantra is whether it's thought, whether it's voice, uh, it's their, their struck and unstruck sound, right? But they all emanate from thought, yes. right? So thought comes and something strikes your vocal cords. And even mm-hmm. if you think a word, it taps on the roof of your mouth. Just think the word Mississippi and feel the roof of your mouth as you think the word,
0: mm-hmm. right? So
1: there's a tapping that's happening, right? So a long time ago, when the language of Sanskrit was evolving, it was a code language. It was never a language that was a colloquial language that was spoken you know, colloquially in a community. It was a code language that the Brahmanical caste across the continent of India could talk to each other. And they created this code language based on vibration. It was a vibrational nature of calling the thing based on what you were trying to explain just now of like if you know a person is what is the the sound of the vibration of that so it's like the impetus that creates the matter in the beginning Mm -hmm. there was the word, like a christian variation of that almost every cultural around the world has this idea that sound came first whether it's creation whether it's the evolution, the Big Bang theory is all sound first, right? And so sound and thought before it, thought is the thing that creates the struck or unstruck sound. And that everything mm-hmm. has a vibration. Sound has a vibration. And that vibration goes out into the universe. Like you, If you drop a pebble on the top of a still lake, the vibration goes out. It doesn't stop at the shore. It's just where we stop seeing it. Mm-hmm. And the, the sound of your thought—it has a vibration that's going out. It's one of the reasons why yoga invites us to saucha—that have clean, clean thought process, right? Yes. And Christians bring up their kids to believe God can hear your thoughts. Uh, other traditions have, you know, similar ideas it's like you can—we control our thought process so that we're not sending out a negative vibration. Negative vibration fills the naughty channels that run up and down Shashuma, so idam pengali or idam pengali, right, fill with the winds, the values, and they intersect around the Shashuma, which cuts up so happiness, joy, bliss moving through Shashuma, right? Angst, anxiety, stress. Irritability, it's running through, it fills the wind up, which knots and creates the knot, these samskaras, the mm. these the knots that get. So you, when we do mantra, we sing, it forces one through shashuma. yeah And we make you know, ha, any kind of singing. It gets, when you sing, you let go of all that. Like, how does it feel when you sing?
0: Oh, it's like being in the ocean for me, it's next level of like, Like, I think I described something in another episode of like, it feels like you're hitting a tennis ball in the center of the racket of like, I can't describe it. It feels full, but it feels like nothing. And it's just like, (laughs) ah, this is amazing. Right. You're clearing
1: this vessel. That's you. That's your total energy is moving when we sing or for some of us, it's mantra, right? Yeah. Yeah. So mantra and Sanskrit's got this magic, but, and not to burst anyone's bubble, but there's teachers like Swami Vivekananda, Paramahansa Yogananda, they have this idea that, you know what, if Sanskrit's uncomfortable for you, and you don't want to learn this weird language, and it feels too out there, feels kind of like other religion, religio kind of feeling, Religier, too, <laughs> yes. like, like it's got, it's like, so use English, so they came up with English. I, they came up with English mantras yeah. and chants and songs. And I, this simple song, and again, I can't do it any justice, but if sure. we started to sing, sunshine, you are my sunshine. You make, make me happy,
0: happy when the sky is right? gray. Yes. How, how can you not feel good? <laughs> can you can just you have to go from side to side. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> you know what?
1: We just it gets, it's a feel good Mm. song. Yeah. And we like, we sing sad songs and they move our emotions. We sing angry songs and they move our emotions. Songs and chants and, you know, cheers. They're all coming from the same place. The Christians sing amen or they sing, oh, there's one God. I love gospel music too. Oh girl. I find the difference between gospel music and Sanskrit mantra. And and I wouldn't put myself in the category of Jesus freak, but I'm not offended by by him or the philosophies around him either. It gets, it's about
0: letting everybody express things the way they want to express them, right?
1: And in a way that makes that, sense,
0: sense to them. It's, it's like if someone yeah. Yeah. if someone tried to tell you that your way wasn't right, or um, in a way that didn't like that wasn't a teaching that worked for you that's never going to stick it's like the Beatles song that you say it's like you love them or whatever or can appreciate them but it's like it's not sticking in the same way that mantra or Sanskrit does and and that's because you're uniquely who you are and they're uniquely who they are and you know if they're not like they might actually have something to teach you and that's my way to approaching things of that's really different and that's challenging my beliefs but Please tell me more about that because it's either triggering me or it's an opportunity to um, have a little bit more insight so that I can have either empathy or compassion or know how to ask them better questions or really know how to light them up. Because I think that, you know, when we talk of things like spirit or energy or um, religion, people can so quickly go to, again, the thought process of oh that's a cult or that's a this and that thought process is creating their their speech which then their speech creates their actions and their actions create their karma and it's like that to me is uh, like it just speaks to the whole thing of what Ayurveda speaks to of all illness starts in the mind and I know that that can probably be a pretty far-fetched idea for some but I truly believe that like to me that makes so much sense if we're thinking well and we're kind of going I'm going to have a good day today you're going to be looking for ways or speaking in ways that are going to make you feel good and if you're thinking oh I'm so tired I've got so much stuff to do today and oh this xyz happened and it's terrible blah 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 can guarantee your day's not going to be great and it's going to be that like attracts like and you'll find someone else who misery loves company and they sure as hell will keep you company and trauma bond with you over all of the drama it's probably drama bonding really absolutely absolutely yeah
1: yeah so it's i think that um if we shift our gears Everything around us us should, and not to oversimplify, uh, you know either. I guess, but I think that ultimately, part of what yoga has the capability of doing is helping us all to stay open-minded and Mm -hmm. stop othering, stop othering people, things, and take personal responsibility. Uh, You know, listen with both ears, observe with both eyes and create space for people on our planet to have their own beliefs and their own practices that are sustaining them. Mm. As long as they're doing no harm to anyone else, we could just stay out of it, right? Totally. We could just, like,
0: and if we took it. labels, yeah. like yeah. even the label yoga, that in a way for me, it's something that I was talking to my friend about it's like i get so passionate about yoga but that's a label that i've put to a practice that needs no words and you know we need we need words in order to communicate with other humans and and to to exist in this in this world in this lifetime but i also believe that there is that part of us that is connected without any words it's like my bond with my sister or my mom or people that I've just so deeply like I don't know you just you're just one with them and you know what they're thinking you know what they're feeling because you're tuned into like every part of them and and I think that's what I love That yoga does for me, it makes me feel more connected to the parts that feel authentic to me and the ways that I can connect to people. And and while I term it yoga, it's like, it's a lifestyle. And so if I took the word away and said, what do you do? Who am I? It's like, I I would strive to be a master at at this thing that I believe is yoga. (laughs) I don't even know. I feel like I'm rambling now. And this is like, I would love okay. to know what your perspective is on that and, and labels and um, and what yoga means to you in a, in a way that we can maybe wrap this up. So, because I feel like we could probably chat for a million hours. Well, there's a thing we were working on today too in uh, Tibetan,
1: uh, Tibetan heart yoga Ooh. about, they were using the rose in the Manipura Center, and the the diamond in the rose. And the original text has the lotus, but they're using rose because they're teaching in the West. And Westerners happen to have more experience with roses. They both come out, like roses come out of dry dirt. They grow in the desert. They grow, you know, our, our roses do the best out of the front where it gets all sun all day. The earth around it is kind of dry and 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 crumbly. They don't do as well. They don't have as many flowers in the darker, damper spots in the garden, right? And lotuses come out of the mud, right? This yes. big lotus coming out and have that meditation on the lotus. So does the flower care whether you call it a lotus or a rose? Mm. Does, the, does yoga care whether you call it yoga or tai chi or running wow. training or fitness it's it's uh, there's a team at Cripello, um did a live piece on Instagram this week too and and they're kind of their core piece this week on on their live offerings is it's all yoga Yes, it's all yoga cooking is yoga you know relationships are yoga practice is yoga yeah. cleaning is yoga the garden is yoga it's like uh, it's and nothing is yoga so it's all yoga yes. and yoga and i think that when we get hung up and think it's about us in some way then we've mistaken our ego for something in, like more important than it is and we've forgotten that we're made up of the same stuff as the as the purusha of the of the cosmos yes like, I, we're we're made up of prakriti and purusha and the earth is prakriti and the core energy of Earth is Purusha. It's the Purusha of this planet and we're part of it. So othering and separating and separating gender or separating races, separating. It's all of that separate part of, I think that why we're here at this moment is to stop the othering and recognize we're all part of one larger Prakriti and Purusha. We're coming into manifest form so we can do the work of uniting our essence and Mm -hmm. dispelling the myths of separation that would be again swami kripalu's teaching and i think that you know we're coming out of these guru lineage based teachings where they were flawed because the the thought process that they were somehow above natural law and Sometimes a practice of yoga can make you feel very powerful. And we misidentify that with being somehow special. And we're not. No, because you're uh, an an evolved yogi, does not make it okay for your 41-year-old body to take advantage of some 16-year-old body, Mm -hmm. regardless of the gender? And that, no, you're not special. Actually, you're responsible.
0: And you're responsible
1: for well-being of all of those in your care. And whether it's your children or whether it's our energetic uh, relationships, we're responsible. And if we take advantage, that's damaging us as much as it's damaging the other person and the whole planet, right? So whether it's how we hurt anything. So one of the first tenets in the Ashtanga philosophy is nonviolence, mm. and, if we live, if we live by that simplicity, it sounds, and maybe I make it sound simplistic and you know, our friends who love to eat, you know, bacon with their breakfast might be like, what do you mean? What do you mean nonviolence? It's like, you know, it's a choice. I'm never going to criticize anyone for the choices that they're making. I'm just going to keep trying to make the ones that I think can make for a better life, for a better family life, for a better community. And you know like make, make my decisions as part of trying to be responsible for this planet mm. and and if if I make a difference then I've done something good with my life that at the end of the day is is all I could hope for really is to have lived a good life and what's that old saying slide into home base you know like covered in dirt and worn mm. out like I want to wear, wear this package out <laughs> and you know we we race sailboats and I'm throwing myself around the boat like I'm 22 and <laughs> I come away like oh my god I gotta do yoga because <laughs> my body hurts <laughs> yes think the practice of physical practice of yoga and you know I watch you know the challenges that my kids go through at different times and I'm like Okay, thank God for meditation. Let's let it all (laughs) go. Meditation, right? Let's do meditation together. And then I watch my kids, like, Mom, what do I do? And or watch them meditate or practice yoga or, you know, like call on something that they've witnessed, and that to me is like, okay, that we did something good. Mm. Did something good by living a life of making those kind of choices so that they influenced at least the people in my own family, if not our bigger, our bigger family. So I don't know, the long-winded answer, I'm not sure that any of us really know, and we're all, as Ram Dass say, we're all walking each other home, right?
0: Mm, that's Let's just beautiful.
1: Walk your home and I'll listen to you for a while, and thank you when you listen to me, and interrupt i can interrupt and be interrupted equally well you know it's okay i
0: appreciate that because my um i feel like when i chat to people that i love or get excited i i do tend to get super excitable and really it shows me that i need to practice listening more and and that kind of sums up my point of what i was hearing when you were speaking is that um it's a practice wherever we are and and, and it's a congruency when we're not on our physical mat or we're not, it's like showing up when you don't feel like it. It's it's showing up when you feel like it. And it's like you said, it's everything and it's nothing, but it's like when you're walking down the street, you treat that person that you walk by as you would your child. And and it's remembering that you don't know where they've been or where they've come from and you don't know where they could come into your life from that point forward because there has been so many magical interactions like i even feel that with you i don't know where our friendship is going to go moving forward but i it it could be something huge like do you know what i mean of like if i chose to sit back and and hold back on what i want to offer then we wouldn't have met in this lifetime and that's okay because that would have played out how it needed to but I felt this huge calling to do this podcast and to start putting it out there to people who I'm you know I'm seeing the work that they do and I'm like I literally do not know this person from a bar of soap but I want to And, and yeah and people like yourself who get back it's like wow and it's this remembering of i'm being congruent so the people that are coming through it hasn't felt difficult to do this It's like to some people it might be like that's weird or that's random or whatever like who, whoever might be thinking that or not who cares um but it, it it's also a practice of me like you said speaking what means um what life means to me speaking, what I want to ask to people. And that in a way is probably like clearing something for myself, but it's allowing the person on the other end to clear the channels in the body, to get out a story that might've been pent up energy in some way that they didn't realize was like repressed emotions or a story that's needing to be voiced or, you know, a history that needs to be revealed. And, um, yeah, so I'm so grateful for you saying yes, being the yes lady that you are and um, and sharing just such a small portion, I believe, of what your beautiful story is. And I'd I'd be really interested in having more of these chats with you, whether it's an episode base or whether it's just um, it's offline and we're messaging or calling each other because I would really love to know more about the person that you've been and the person that you're continuing to evolve to be and your kids as well. I want to know like what their music is. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I, I
1: think so too. I'd love to chat with you more anytime, Lauren. It, this has been a, an absolute pleasure to get to know you just a little bit and uh, and hear what you're up to. I'm going to share in the chat, I can share in the chat um, box here, my oh. son's, music on Spotify I guess it's what I use I don't know
0: I love Spotify uh,
1: too good you can you can find them on on all of the tools but this is just one that's easy for me to find and let's copy just his there's an album dropping on the 16th but they dropped a song last Friday and it's already had like I don't know, 10,000 people have listened to it or more, 14,000 people have listened to it. Um, oh. His name is Connor, Connor Games. And it's his first pop album. He's uh, comes out of the blues and he's a very spiritual young man as well. And uh, this song is called Light Shine In and it's just a oh. gorgeous and So I hope you take a listen to it and let him know what, let him know what you think. And uh, where,
0: yeah. for one... I want yeah. people to know where they can find you. And then I'll, after oh. this chat, I'll I'll, um, I'll ask you where I can find um, Connor's details to get in touch. Cause I'll listen to the song straight after here.
1: Cool. And uh, social media, it's Atlas Yoga. And we're working on a couple of projects right now. One is uh, the Atlas Yoga Teachers Association as we're working on kind of creating a forum where we have a repository of of a really affordable continuing education and resources and all that sort of thing. But also one of the things that people have found me for in the past is they go off to a yoga teacher training and they come back and they've taught one yoga class. Mm -hmm. And, And then it's like okay they don't feel confident teaching so they end up finding me and coming to our studio and teaching with me, giving them about like, I come in and I support them and they teach and I give them feedback and we bring our other teachers in training in to give them feedback. And we've really supported a lot of people in our community in that function. And I think now with the online, people are getting their certificates online and still with a limited amount of teaching. So the Atlas Teachers Association would be there to kind of support them in that transition from their training into being good teachers. and. Uh, and so that's one thing we're working on. And here's, this is a plug for something I think is really important. And I'm not exactly sure what it's gonna look like yet, Lauren, but in the last year, I found out that in the state of Alabama, which is where I was born originally, it yoga is prohibited in schools. And you're ready for this? The main reason it's prohibited? This came out of the mouth of a government official it could lead to hinduism
0: how is that like, even what is so, that
1: <laughs> so i was like so you're worried about kids practicing yoga because they might become hindus and i thought that i have got to do something about this so one of yes. my goals is to become active in the education process, at least in the state of Alabama, yeah. and make sure that, that parents, children, government officials are educated about what yoga is, what Hinduism is. Yeah. Like what yeah. is Hinduism? It's actually not something to be afraid of. And there might actually be people in the state of Alabama who are Hindus. And can you imagine how offended they might be if the reason that yoga is not in schools is because you might become Hindu, because you do it. Anyway, so that's, uh, getting to share that is important. And I think that we wanna, anywhere in the world that there's ignorance, we wanna shed light. And that's, that's just one halo. particular thing. I realized recently that maybe I need to be active a little more than I have been and be part of bringing that light into that particular little spot
0: that's so beautiful denise and i'm going to include your details in the show notes so people will be able to find you either on your personal facebook if that's okay with you but otherwise they can find you at atlas yoga Um, so there's a website for that there's an email i think and there'll be your instagram as well Um, And if there's any way that I can support you in putting that message out there, I know that you're, you're looking to do that in Alabama, but that's, um, that's we need the whole world turning the light yeah. in though. Right. Yeah. And it's something that I'm hugely passionate about as well of like um, starting young. So, you know, you, you doing the work and then having kids is like, you know, it's natural infusion process. And if we can get that into schools or somehow, Weave the message of yoga in there without it, you know, being some sort of woo-woo thing um, that people are scared of. Like, you know, that that article that came out. I, my mind immediately goes to. I want to ask him what he's what his story is behind Hinduism because that's come from somewhere. You don't just say that. And um, what you think? Yeah, an educated person, right? Yeah, and so then when people have. <laughs> power without knowledge which is what i was going to actually say before um which is why people can have power trips in yoga or whatever they do when they have power without knowledge it's a really really dangerous mix and so when people have such power and they influence people their words other people will repeat their words and they'll believe it because that power that person's so influential or powerful um, and they won't even look into the, the information themselves because they'll just believe it as sat. And it's like, no, we need to be our own um, responsible um, investigators really. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You're absolutely right. And uh, maybe together
0: we can make a difference. We're doing something. The, the halo effects out there shining light. So let's um let's continue to shine the light together and um and yeah, I feel like everything's together. There's no part of this path that's alone. So thank you for joining me here. I'm gonna um I'll end the recording, but if you want to just stay on for a quick few minutes afterwards and we'll um part ways before we meet again, beauty. Sounds good. Great. Thank you all for listening. And I just wanted to give a shout out to all of the listeners who have been supporting me here on the Halo Effect. And I hope that you've really been getting as much value as I have been about with the people that I've been connecting with. And maybe it's just something that, you know, makes you feel a little bit closer to me because I know that I have moved away from some of you in, in Tassie and some family who's back in Queensland, or maybe there's people that I haven't been able to reach overseas. So that's, that's filling my soul up with a a great deal of beautiful energy and um yeah for all the people who are, have been getting back with feedback and support and constructive criticism it's been an absolute pleasure and i continue to get excited to serve you and give value and so thank you so much today again denise i've, I've really enjoyed today's chat me too thank you lauren Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. I really enjoyed recording it and I truly hope that you feel lighter, more inspired and that it really has added value to you. Or maybe somebody that you shared it with. Keep tuning in and please subscribe, like and share this episode or the episode that you love the most on your social media page. And tag me in it and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. And if you're not on the social media train, that's cool. Just reach out to me via text or email and I'll get back to you there. The more feedback that you continue to give, the more value I can continue to give back to you. And with that, I'm signing out with Oceans of Love and Light. Law.